Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss a new AI tool that a good ending to an attic fire in a healthcare center and cutting-edge research that may have cured HIV in a woman for the first time ever. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 127 for the week of March 6th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. Before we get started, our diagnosis code for this week is T75.81XA, effects of abnormal gravitation forces initial encounter. Abnormal gravitation forces. That sounds insane. <laughs> I didn't know uh I didn't know that this was a thing. Didn't expect that to happen. No. I don't I guess does gravity terrestrial. Yeah, does gravity change? This can't be something that happens to someone who's from Earth. No, it, it can't, just can't be. be. Unless you're off planet, I don't think gravity does change. I mean, it's an astronaut falls on the moon and scrapes their knee. Right. They obviously have normal gravity. Diagnosis code. I mean, right. What else? What else could it be? Right. Right. <laughs> that's so. That's insane. Did did the ICD ten accidentally leak that aliens were real? <laughs> Because that's what it seems like. It may have. I think this may be our answer. This might be it. Aliens are they real, everybody. If they weren't real, does this diagnosis code exist? Right. You heard it here first. So spread the news far and wide. Get everyone listening to this podcast because aliens are real, folks. Aliens are real. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the conclusion. Yeah. Speaking of space, let's talk about artificial intelligence. Great. Good transition. Specifically taking AI to the next level. Not the basketball player, Alan Iverson, but... No, no. Yes. Okay. Several heart conditions often go unrecognized by healthcare professionals. Two of these conditions are hypotrophic cardiomyopathy and cardiac amyloidosis. The first disease is caused by heart muscle thickening, causing odd rhythms. The second disease occurs because of an unhealthy protein building up within the heart tissue. Although different, it is difficult to distinguish between these two diseases using traditional tools. To combat this issue, physicians at the Smith Heart Institute created an algorithm which identifies specific features such as the thickness of heart walls and the size of heart chambers. To detect heart disease, the two-step algorithm was tested on over 34,000 cardiac ultrasound videos. Both diseases involve abnormal heart activity. Another potential benefit of the new algorithm is faster diagnosis. A quicker diagnosis can lead to quicker access to care and quicker recovery, reducing rates of mortality, hospitalizations, and ultimately heart failure. Hey, that's good. Yeah, so some diseases that I'm sure are a little bit more common than we think, even though uh -huh. I obviously butchered the name of them because sure. you know anything that's over three syllables, I just can't say so right that's how it is it's a lot it's, just, it's a lot it's to how i am right but you expect too much i didn't know that heart muscle thickening was a thing i also didn't know that heart muscle thickening was a bad thing that mm. sounds like something that's like you know you're building up your heart muscle right right it sounds like that could be something related to doing cardio workouts right strengthen your cardiovascular muscles sounds very Indeed. similar but albert it's not no i can see that yeah no not good 
sign of heart disease. You know. But great or, that they've developed an algorithm that's going to help diagnose it quicker. Great that we can hopefully get to the bottom of it faster and prevent people from dying. Yes, always a good yeah. thing. Awesome. Seems like there's always a lot of medical advancements happening every day. So happy stuff. That's good stuff, yeah. All right, next up, we've got firefighters called to save a health center. In Newburgh, Indiana, fire crews were called to Newburgh Healthcare. Calls came in shortly after 8 a.m. last Monday. While en route, crews were advised that there was a fire confirmed in the attic. The call was upgraded to a structure fire. Crews quickly located the fire, cooled any visible hot spots, and pulled the ceiling after finding the fire had been spreading through the insulation, containing the fire to the kitchen and attic space immediately above it. That caused some damage to the kitchen, which will cause it to be shut down for a long time. No residents of Newburgh Healthcare were evacuated and no injuries were reported. So that's good. I mean, nobody was hurt. It was just a, yeah. fire, a fire that didn't hurt anybody. You might be wondering why we're covering fire on this podcast. It's a random our podcast is fire. Right. That's a great point, Matt. It is fire. And, you know, sometimes you just have to find a random fire in Newburgh, Indiana and talk about it. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a random fire, but it relates to us because it's a healthcare organization. So, um, sure. I mean, any kind of fire in a healthcare organization is scary, especially right. if there's patients involved and it's right. like urgent care. But I think, you know, I Googled Newburgh healthcare and it looks like they're more of just like a practice. Okay. So actually it's a senior living provider. Oh, so, so that's where senior citizens live. Well, mm -hmm. you know what? doesn't look like anybody got hurt. They, no one had to be evacuated and no injuries reported. So that's good. It was contained. Right. Definitely good. You know, we talked about this last week when we talked about that. Uh, I don't remember now, but it was a report that it was really local and specific. And I said, you know, we, we're not just a national program here. We get down to the nitty gritty. We are in the local level. Your community matters, Newburgh. <laughs> Next up, HIV potentially cured in a woman. An American research team reported that it has possibly cured HIV in a woman for the first time ever. The scientists use a cutting-edge stem cell transplant method. The New York patient, quote-unquote, was diagnosed with HIV in 2013 and leukemia in 2017. She received umbilical cord blood to treat her leukemia that came from a donor who was a partial match, a departure from standard practice that uses a donor of the same racial and ethnic mix. Her cancer has been in remission for 4.5 years, and her HIV has been in remission for over 14 months since she stopped treating the virus with antiviral therapy. So, Albert, is umbilical cord blood the end-all be-all to treat HIV? I'm not 100% sure, but it looks like it's been used here to treat um, her both HIV and leukemia, so that's good. Um, Yes. I don't know. I would never think that. I would never think to go there to find the blood for that. But I'm not a medical professional. I only hold on. Oh, okay. Yeah. I please. think this is I think this is related. No, it's not umbilical cord. It's I think it's stem cell, but I think the umbilical cord helped. That's where the stem cells were, where they like scraped the cells or something. I don't know. It doesn't say. It says oh. Most cord blood donors. Oh, no. Wait. No, that's right. Hold on. All right. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So continue with what you were saying. Start over. What? I don't remember what I was saying. Just something about, like, 
you know. Um, I wouldn't necessarily think first to look at an umbilical cord for blood to treat HIV or leukemia, yeah. but it clearly I am not a medical professional because it seems to have been working. Or so that's that's great. She's been in remission it's, for 14 months. That's awesome. Yes, it's pretty shocking how creative you have to be if you're either a cutting edge doctor or a medical researcher because you have to pretty much come up with and look at all angles from everything. Right. You never know. It might work out. It's pretty much just like, hey, trial and error. We'll see what happens. And then that's what it is. If it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, then well, you know, we'll start from the drawing board. So in this instance, it looks like it might happen. It says on the article that it's considered cure if it's in cured if it's in remission for 30 months. All right, so so halfway been there. 14 months. So yeah. Congratulations to that so far. Hopefully it keeps going and things happen. So fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. And with that, let's go into our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach. All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the latest breaches all across the world. Albert, oh my gosh. What is it? All right. Getting a taste of your own medicine. A member of the Conti ransomware group, believed to be Ukrainian of origin, has leaked the gang's internal chats after the group's leaders posted an aggressive pro-Russian message on their official site in the aftermath of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The message appears to have rubbed Conti's Ukrainian members the wrong way, and one of them has hacked the gang's internal Jabber-XMPP server. Internal logs were leaked last week via an email sent to multiple journalists and security researchers. A third party confirmed the authenticity of the leaks, which cover over a year's worth of internal communications from January 2021 until February 2022. Although researchers are still crawling through the logs, they're likely to be a treasure trove of intelligence for defenders and law enforcers keen to know more about Conti's members and operational processes. It also promises other revelations like alliances between hacker groups. So if you haven't been hearing it recently, the right. ongoing war in Europe between Ukraine and Russia has led to a lot of public outcry. And what's interesting is, I guess, some of these hackers, hacker groups have, you know, some sort of a moral compass when it comes to war. Right. And part of that has happened. And, and people are, I mean, these hacker groups are just going after anything Russian for the most mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. I mean... The U.S. group Anonymous is like has hacked their ministry um, and really leaked all their information, including like passwords and things like that. You also have them hacking Russian television stations to broadcast yeah. the actual like atrocities that are going on. So it's like a very like rah rah rally good yeah. PR for these hacker groups. But at the end of the day, once this is all done, they're just in it for financial gain. So. Right. Something to keep in mind. It's great that they're, you know, help, quote unquote, helping against the war. Sure. But it's also kind of crazy how they can just focus their attention and pretty much hack whatever they want to at a moment's notice. Right. Well, and it shows that, like, I don't know, the, the power and the strength of, like, what's capable when it, when it comes to hacking. Because we tend to think of it as just being, like, stealing or, like... Right today's sort of like heists like right. like digital heists but really they're tool it could be tools of war too it could be tools of like conflict and mm -hmm. i don't know we've seen it happen in like host like where they kind of hold companies hostage too like hey we're going to release this information if you don't give us this amount of money or 
it, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting, like you said, to see how hackers adapt and just sort of on the fly are able to to switch priorities. And yeah, I don't know. In this case, Scary. for good and to help protect their country and to help you know sh shed light on what's going on. But yeah, when it's used against you, man. Whew. Can we scary? Next up, medical center breach coming to light. Logan Health Medical Center in Montana has informed patients that they were involved in a highly sophisticated criminal attack, quote unquote, on their information technology systems on November 22nd, 2021. That incident occurred when there was an unauthorized access to a Logan Health file server. Logan Health has hired a third party forensic expert to investigate the incident. And on January 5th, it was determined that there was indeed an unauthorized access to file contained protected health information related to patients. Different information has been involved for each person, including things such as medical bill account number, health insurance information, and medical record numbers. There is no indication that the information was misused and Logan Health is offering 12 months of identity monitoring services to patients who received this notice. Doesn't say how many patients were involved which means it's still ongoing because it's fresh. We only give you the freshest news here. Oh my gosh. Um, but you know, this is pretty standard in terms of a uh, response by a healthcare organization who leaks information on accident. 12 months of identity monitoring services to patients. Congratulations. Yeah. All you have to do to get this 12 months is have your data breached inadvertently by an organization. <laughs> As always, I mean, it's the quickest way to getting any sort of like monitoring services. Right. <laughs> so if you're in the need for monitoring services, call yeah. your doctor today and ask them to leak your information. Right. Get Just breached, kidding. bro. I'm making uh, light of the subject, but hopefully Logan yeah. Health can handle this. It seems like they're got a good, you know, they've gone through all the steps properly and they're going through everything that's required by law from a HIPAA breach notification rule standpoint as well. So kudos to them for that. Hopefully this is a big learning experience as well. And they, you know, end up being a better organization after it's all over. Exactly. That's what we can all hope for. All right. Bridgestone investigating breach. Some employees at Bridgestone's Laverne plant reported being sent home Sunday morning due to a possible cyber attack. Bridgestone Americas confirmed that it learned of a potential security incident on February 27th. As such, they launched a comprehensive investigation to quickly gather facts while working to ensure the security of their IT system. The company says it has disconnected some manufacturing and retreading facilities in North America and Latin America from its network to contain and prevent any potential impact. So Bridgestone Americas, is that the tire company? I think it is. Yeah, that's what my first thought was. Oh, tires. Yeah, no, it is. All right. It's just their American side, I guess. Interesting. Whoa, um, their CEO is a Ferrari. Like, that's his last name. <laughs> I was like, it's so a I car? It's a car? Their CEO, CEO is a car. Is a car? How bad You're it? telling me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> we're at Bridgestone, we're run by a Ferrari. <laughs> which I'm assuming is the family that, you know, creates, created yeah. Ferrari. Um, but right. I don't know. This is just an assumption. I just thought that was interesting. That is cool. But yeah, oh. goes to show you that even non-medical and non-municipal places can get hacked or, or get breached. Even massive tire companies. Even massive tire. Comes from a massive tire company? Well, a lot because they have a lot of contacts and they have a lot of yeah. revenue. Definitely. And 
They have a lot of patents as well, I'm sure. Yep. But I, to confirm. They, oh, go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's interesting that they had to send their employees home. Like, oh, there's a cyber attack. Get out of here. Like, <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> was there, like, danger? Was there, like, what? I, I, that's that's kind of confusing point. to me. Why do they have to go home? Go home, but still work from home. They're like, right. please. Please, building we need tires? building safe. Right. <laughs> Maybe they had to look into some, some systems and people work and it's loud or something. If it's like a plant. I don't know. But I will confirm that he is the second and only living son of Enzo Ferrari. So, wait. Yes. Okay. Wait, Piero. That's Piero, though. This is a big... This is a big family tree we got going on here. Um, so Piero is the second and only living son of Enzo, who is the, the guy, Mr. Ferrari himself. And I'm assuming that Paolo is the son to Piero. Yeah, maybe. I'm assuming. Could so be. Maybe, maybe Enzo is the grandfather of Paolo, who's the CEO of Bridgestone. I don't know. Super interesting. That's all I got for this week's wrap-up of your weekly healthcare <laughs> news. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Pedestelli. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.